there, everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Hi. And uh, today we're we're doing another first, keeping along with the block of DC-related content, but we're also talking a little bit of actual play with DC, the DC Universe All-Star Games. Yeah. Uh, which is an actual play hosted by Sam Witwer. Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, Claire Grant, and Xavier Woods. Holy shit, you mean WWE superstar Xavier Woods. Yes, so we have um, a number of voice actors and Xavier Woods. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, and, and Freddie Prince Jr., who does both, to be fair, he, he does both. He's kind of like the... Uh, the Generation X Mark Hamill. Right. I mean, but really, Freddie Prince Jr., I mean, his only real claim to fame is that he's married to Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's not true. He's been in a number of movies. I know. Uh, and some of them were better than anything Sarah Michelle Gellar's ever had her name attached to, so I don't Y'all can discuss that <laughs> while you're on quarantine. <laughs> It is day two of the quarantine. That's right. The United States is on lockdown. DC Universe All-Star Games is an AP uh, featuring the cast that we just mentioned. Uses the first edition DC superhero role-playing game rules. Each episode's about 22 to 25 minutes long. And, you know, one of the things that grabs me about this one is there's no, like over-the-top voice acting, even though four out of five players are have done voiceover work. Right, and you expect someone who's a professional wrestler to be able to do that as well, because right. they're basically actors. Right, and but what we get with this is we get five people playing a game. Yes. Which is actual play as it's meant to be, in Agreed. my opinion. You do see a little bit of, like, you know, voices from Whitwer as he's doing like different NPCs. Yeah, but it's not like he doesn't go over the top, right? You know, he he. It's one of those like the dumb guy sounds like he's a dumb guy, right? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh oh, the dumb guy sounds <laughs> like a dumb guy. The Valley Girl sounds like a Valley Girl. That right. sort of thing. Um, and it is a little bit produced. Um, they do add like some visuals to help kind of ease theater of the mind, I guess. Yeah, yeah, some like you know generic hallway scenes. This takes place in a in, a, in an academy in the suburb of Gotham City, which apparently, according to that particular rule set, is in Illinois. Right, because it is the plot of several. John Hughes movies, right? It does. It does use elements from several John Hughes movies. the The main framing device of the campaign or the adventure is the Breakfast Club. Dribs and drabs of other things. There's a couple of shout outs to the Karate Kid. Um, there's there's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sort of. Yes, thing. they do mention the Sausage King of Chicago. But overall, it's it's five folks playing the game. Being themselves, one of the interesting little things that they do here is that each player, as far as we know, 
It's only up to three episodes now, but each player has a secret identity that Whitworth keeps secret from them until a certain point in the adventure. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. And I, I honestly, I don't know if this is like Whitworth's uh, original game or if this is like something that came with the with the set. Um, it's not a game I ever played. Right, right. I've never played it either. I do like the rule set. It's very elegant. Whitworth does a good job of explaining the rules to both the players and the audience at home. They do not forget that there is an audience, but they're not necessarily... It doesn't always feel like they're they're playing for the audience. It seems like they're playing for themselves. And they're yes. very... And they're very comfortable with each other. Very... A lot of rapport. There may be, like... I, I, I It's hard to tell if there's... If it was not necessarily scripted, but rehearsed beforehand. Mm, I think it's. it seems like it's more edited. Mm-hmm. Um, edited for time. Yeah. Because, edited for content. Well, I think it's just edited. For, right. So they take a lot of the um, the BS, if you will, of uh, people sitting around shooting the shit and uh, cut that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're focusing mainly on what is essential for the story. And I get that because it's professional and, you know, the people who, the audience are people who paid to have the DC universe streaming service. Right. 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 So, you know, in effect, they are paying customers Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's, you know, it's Warner brothers, it's DC and they're professional um, actors, so you want to have a, a bit of polish on it, but not so much as it, it doesn't feel like a role-playing game, because it feels like they're playing a game. Right. It just feels like a lot of the a lot of the stuff is edited. Yeah, well, it seems that way, but each, well, it has to be edited, because it's cut into those increments, and it just seems like you know, it perfectly paused every time, you know, the end of the show. Right. And it's not exactly. like, it's not even like uh, the way we do it here on Microphones of Madness when we get to the end of the two hours and we just, you know, do a sign off. And it, it just leaves, he leaves it at a quote unquote cliffhanger or what would be a good stopping point. And they just kind of pretty much cut it there. There's yeah. no, there's no outro or anything. It's just like, you get to this one revelation and then boom, right. cold cut yeah. to the to the credits. Yeah, it's definitely set up so you are not forced, but you want to watch the next episode. You're looking right. forward to it. Right. And and yeah, so it's it's edited for pacing. Yes. Perhaps, more than anything I, else. Because because you right. can you can tell by the you know, that they don't change clothes or anything like that. So this is one session recorded beginning to end and then cut into bite-sized increments right and now you were saying there's it looks like there's five episodes Mm -hmm. um the way the way dc universe has their shows is they're weekly right um but they have slots put aside in the queue for the next for for the rest of the season right right. so so you know how many episodes there's going to be um so there's five like more or less half hour episodes so you figure that it's a two and a half hour well they probably played for like four or five hours but you're going to get two and a half hours of content out of this 
Right. Um, and hopefully another season. So I, I, it just, it almost seems like the way at the pace they're going, and I don't want to give away the story or anything, uh, but it almost seems at the pace they're going, they're going to get to the point where everyone is revealed and maybe have a battle. Yeah, that's the way it seems, because it's getting to a point now where they're all together, there's no way that they can actually keep those identities secret. In fact, Vanessa Marshall's character has already revealed the secret to an NPC. Right. One of the great things about it is, is that Whitwer pulls that player aside. They have another little table set up, like a bar, and he tells all the other players, take a break, and then... He takes that player aside and says, okay, so you're doing this, and uh, this is actually you. This is your this is your real character sheet. Right. And, But with five episodes, it seems like it's going to be an ongoing sort of thing. Like, this is like the first chapter. The first season is like the first part of the campaign. Since, right. you know, since, they're, since we're, it's only five episodes, and we still haven't revealed Freddie Prince's uh, real right. character. And- and we don't know who any of these people are. I mean, the player just knows that their character is somebody else at this point. We haven't been told anything as an audience. Right. Xavier Woods uh, showed his character on the camera, but the producers uh, fudged it yeah, out. They, they blurred it out. They blurred it out so you can't see because the audience is not supposed to know. Right. That's an edit. Yep. You know, that that's an edit. So, I, I agree. I think it's going to be... You're, you're going to get these five episodes that probably be like, I don't know, this is very experimental. Nobody else is doing this on television. Um, so you get, we give you five episodes, see how the numbers look, mm-hmm. and then if that works out, we can do more. Right. Now, do you suppose this 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 was brought on by the success of Critical Role? or I'm sure that had, had something to do with it. I think... I mean, not to sound cynical or anything, but stuff like this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. As, right. Especially with like a company like DC. <laughs> I mean, True. What's, Warner what's, Brothers. What's the story? DC and Marvel, like all their characters are the same because they used to go golfing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stanley and Dan Didio, or not Dan Didio, and uh, what's his name? Julie, um, Julie Schwartz. Julie Schwartz. Would, would go golfing on the weekends. Oh, yeah, so we have, like, this new superhero team. Give me that superhero team. Right. Like, guy. hey, we got these guys. They're called the Doom Patrol. We're going to call them the world's strangest heroes. Stan goes back. He's like, we're going to call our guys the X-Men, the strangest heroes of all. Right. So I think, yeah, Critical Role probably has a lot to do with it. I think podcasting APs of D&D and other games <clears throat> probably has a lot to do with it. You know, it, that seems to be like a popular thing. And, you know, that's, you know, when people are going to think critical role um, well, when they think of that. Yeah, they kind of are the premier. I don't I don't even know if they were the first, but they, they're definitely one of the premier. They were the one of the first ones to get money thrown at it, that's for sure. Yeah, they definitely get money thrown at them. Um, and, you know, they're popular. I mean, Wizards of the Coast caved in mm. <laughs> and and have produced not one but two campaign settings that Critical Role has uh, has involved. Right. And and Wizards of the Coast has their, their own AP uh, groups. They, it's like they do the Acquisition Incorporated guys, and there's like three or four podcasts under that title. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, 
Force Gray. They, they you go to D and D Twitch, and there's like four. There's a show every night, and three out of four are APs. Right now, our our group particularly talking about APs. If you're listening to the show and don't know that we do AP for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of APs out there that are a single, quote-unquote, campaign or multiple campaigns featuring a core group of characters. Um, When we got started doing AP, there were fewer uh, AP podcasts. There was uh, RPPR. There was, uh, you know, Critical Role was still around. But that was pretty much, well, they were around at the point. But that's pretty much all the ones that everybody actually talked about was either RPPR or Critical Critical Role. Role. And Critical Role is the school that, you know, everybody plays the same character over and over and over. And you start at first level and you go till whenever. Right. Uh, RPPR played several different kinds of games. Right. and, And that's kind of what we do. And that's kind of the inspiration that we took was to play several kinds of games. Uh, we did start with Masks of Nyarlathotep and ran that for two years. So, Yeah, but like during that two years, we also played a bunch of other Call of Cthulhu, some Eclipse Phase. Yeah. Yeah, we played a bunch of things. That was just the constant one. We Currently, we were, we were running a Traveler campaign and a Gangbusters campaign. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Traveler campaign's in the recording process, and uh, we are doing the Gangbusters campaign. Uh, pretty much, we record it on Saturday, release it on Friday, the following Friday. But you know, enough, enough advertising for us. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other interesting things is they have the thing, the stuff for play at home. Uh, whenever Whitwer as GM gives out a clue, there is a little box that pops up on the screen that is that clue right and it's, it's and they do the graphic in the style of that old dcrpg which makes it feel like you're look you know you're flipping through the module as they're playing the the conceit of the show is that um they really don't know how to play this game mm-hmm and they just picked it up or, you know, the producers came to us to play this game, that kind of thing. Right. And and they're kind of like half winging it, mm-hmm. um, which may or may not be true. Right. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Which is why I'm, I'm wondering if it's not a, a you know, a module that came with 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 that game when it came out. Yeah, I mean, it is a possibility. It is I mean, possibility. I guess it's something you can can look at. Right. So, yeah, so you have that element of, you know, everybody's new to the game. You have the element of it being uh, cut for content, cut for pacing. You have the audience participation element of bit, bits and pieces flashing up on the screen, the little uh, multimedia presentation. Uh, when he's describing scenes, there are some sound effects every once in a while, just a you know more as a joke than anything else. Yeah, there there's a little bit of music in the background. It's it's a lot of times it it you can get, take it or leave it. I think I think you would still get the same effect of the game itself without without backing music. Right. The other thing that I find is interesting is that 
DC Heroes, that first edition, his first, second, and third use all the same engine, is a very quick resolution of tasks. And I think that simplistic rules are, are great for for actual play. Yeah, well, it's an, it's an old game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just with... Coincidentally, we just happen to be playing old games right now, um, which have similar simplistic mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know, the simple die roll takes care of everything. You have, like, you know, modifiers that add or subtract, but it's not, like, crazy. Right. But I I find that we get a lot more accomplished in, in the time we have set aside for gaming. We don't have to sit there and look up a bunch of crap. You have, what is it, uh, two uh, D10, and then you have a modifier from whatever skill or attribute modifies um, it. Nope, it's it's actually very close to the um, what, what the chart that was in 6th edition Call of Cthulhu that you like so much. The resistance, the resistance table. table. Uh, you know, you have an acting ability, and then there's a resisting ability, and okay... Your acting ability is two. My resisting ability is four. You need to roll this as a target number. Go on 2d10. And you can modify it with uh, hero points. And and that's it. And that's it. The GM is doing all the all the mathematical shit. Uh, and, all, and he's just got a table. He's got a GM screen. It's got the table on it nice and big. And he just goes, okay, okay, this is what you need to roll. I want to spear a hero point. This is what you need to roll. Roll. And describes the resolution. It, it seems like they don't do a lot of rolling. Well, we haven't seen a combat or anything yet. Well, we've kind of seen... Well, we've seen a little bit of a combat. There was a good like bit a of rolling. Conflict. Right. <laughs> and there was a decent bit of rolling. That was probably the most rolling in the session. I think you, with any system, you're going combat is going to be dice heavy, mm-hmm. but it's in other things um, like Call of Cthulhu or D and D where you want to accomplish something and you're rolling for it, no matter what it is. Right. So, I mean, I know it says in the rules um, if it's not like a stress situation, don't bother rolling for it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, realistically, you're going to be rolling a lot. <laughs> right, right. Just just because. There's a lot of things that, you, yeah, he's not making them roll for. Like, if they're looking, searching a room or something like that, they're they're not doing a roll for it. Right, and I, and I think, you know, in, in games like uh, this or Traveler or, you know, BX games, that it's not like a big deal. If there's something to be found, you're going to find it. I mean that's that's not what the focus of the of the system is, right? Right. Something like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, the actual uncovering of the clues is the the main part of the mechanic, right? So and and D and D's kind of gotten that way too. You know, uh, used to be well, it's always kind of been like that. I'm not going to say it was. You know, now you have arcane as a skill. It used to be you would have to cast uh, detect magic or identify magic or whatever to figure out what something was so you know the the dnd has always been set up that way like even the bx dnd has Mm -hmm. always been set up so you're using abilities and you're rolling dice for it 
Right. Just just having reaction tables in and of itself. You meet somebody and you know you roll to see how they react to you. Mm. You know, and I, and and I find that watching this, there's a lot less of that, and maybe it's because the where has more of um you know these characters more in their mind and how they relate to people uh because it's not like a huge world and they're not meeting random characters they're meeting you know npcs that he has planned out for them to meet right right any thoughts as to who the secret characters are mm, i just have the same one that you do and the rest of them not really okay I think it's kind of cheesy, <laughs> right? To be honest with you, for them to be established DC characters and the players don't know it. Well, that's one of the things that it, when when I looked at, I think it was third edition of this. I, I looked at some some time ago. Uh, it's one of the things they actually encourage you to do, just like the old face rip system for Marvel. Uh, they kind of more encourage you not to create your own heroes, but to start playing with established characters like you know somebody is spider-man or in yeah, this you know case somebody is superman right but spider-man knows who spider-man is right that's true that's true that is that is kind of a, a tough thing to to say and it's like yeah the first uh character claire grant claire grant uh she was pulled aside and told you know this is why you're here but you know now you hanging out with a bunch of teenagers <laughs> right and then she does this thing where they're trying to escape the vice principal they go out the window they're on the balcony she's like i'm gonna pull out my bullwhip i'm like okay you are obviously catwoman yeah you know that's kind of where, where it looks like it's it's um headed yeah but it's like then then uh xavier woods uh, his, whoever his character is, he's really excited about it. Right. But there's, there's not many clues because, you know, he's playing kind of a tough guy. Apparently got out of trouble with the cops. The, the discussion over here is, is he Batman? But yeah, I don't think they would let you play, you know, how does Batman go undercover? All right. Batman's a master of disguise, but how does he go undercover as a fucking kid? Well, Freddie Prince Jr. played high school kids when he was in his 30s. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'll give you that. I'll I give don't you think that. he's Batman, though. No, I, I think you're right. And it's like uh, Vanessa Marshall's character, okay? There's only a limited group of characters who could do what she did. Uh, personally, I think that she's secretly Donna Troy, but... It's hard to tell. It, it's hard to say. They're, I'm not even... To be honest with you, I'm not really playing that game. You're not playing that part of the game? Yeah, I'll just wait for it to happen. Right, right. So so there's got to be something going on in the, the mechanic, in the narrative of the adventure as to why they don't recognize each other, why they think they're high school kids. And that's the other thing, is like the DC heroes are a pretty tight-knit community and they all know each other or at least know of each other to form an opinion right because all of them have been on tawny at one point or another so maybe they're all bane 
I will break their school. It, it's almost it's almost like that the sequence of events that happened in the confrontation at the school was like, you want to come and test the king? Overall, it, it's a it's a pleasant uh, little distraction. It's it's short, bite sized. If you've never listened to an actual play before, it's a great way to get into the medium uh, as 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 an, an audience member uh, because the episodes are so short. Uh, they do have professional editors and directors and stuff like that that are keeping the flow going. Right. And and they are cutting it at, at decent narrative beats. And that coupled with the fact that it is um, a, a simpler system and Whitwer is not doing many roles in terms of the narrative action uh, really makes it feel like that that 25 30 minutes or whatever is going by extremely fast yeah it does it's it's um at the end of it you're just i find myself going that's it that's it and and season th- and episode 3 ended on like fucking cliffhanger and it's just like motherfucker because it ended yeah. it ended at the point where most gms will go and roll for initiative Right, they're about to have like some big combat. Right now, what do you think of? Uh, obviously, they're they're paying a a lot of homage homage mm-hmm. to uh, to John Hughes. Right, um, and there's a, there's a lot of of references like like the whole first two episodes were basically a recreation of the Breakfast Club. Right, right. Um, and, and I get it because you want to have a, a starting point where where people that people can relate to, but where where like uh, most role playing games groups that I've been um, involved with go for like Monty Python references. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are going straight, straight up eighties teen movie references. Right, right, and yeah, I mean. Every gaming group has that. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter what you play, whatever the tone is. It, it Somebody always makes a Monty Python reference. Somebody always makes a dick joke. They didn't have any, made any dick jokes yet. Well, they might have it's just been edited out. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but I guess one of, the, one of the reasons why it might lean so heavily on the 80s teen movie is it gives the players... Something tonally to, to to mess around with, yeah. Like uh, you know, just the fact that it starts off with the Breakfast Club, and they give you know basic descriptions of the characters, and it's like, okay, you know, I'm playing Molly Ringwald, you're playing Ali Sheedy, you know, that sort of thing. Right, and and that's kind of kind of how it starts out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're even calling the thing. Um... The, the Breakfast, the Breakfast League. League. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's fine. You know, I, I, I really don't, I don't mind the shout outs. I, I, you know, I don't mind the fact that they, they borrow heavily from the plot of the Breakfast Club and, and a few other 80s movies. It's kind of, it makes it kind of fun. It sets the tone and, and, um, and it's I, a nice shorthand. Yeah. Um, to, to immerse you in something that's a half hour and half hour 
bites mm-hmm. without having to do a lot of uh you know explanation or or you know world building you, you it's the old robert e howard formula you know right. take something everybody knows and give it a little bit of a twist right give it a little bit of twist and you're already kind of immersed because okay four high school students in detention all right sets the stage and and, and just and you're able to just go and right. run with it and and that's and that's that's actually good i think that's a that's an interesting and unique well not necessarily unique but an interesting game master technique grounded in something familiar that way your players aren't struggling with the world building right and and the other thing it does is because they chose not to like be superheroes right off the bat right you know cuz you could have easily have grounded it in the dc universe you know you're going to assume that if someone's watching it uh, they're interested enough in DC to have this this service, so they know a, a little bit about DC. So you know you have that that world building ready made for you, right? But because they didn't go that route, you know they're not just starting out as you know the Justice League, right? You get a little bit of a of a reference point, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's both for I, I think some of that is for. Uh, the benefit of folks who might come into DC Universe and have never seen an AP before. They're not big comic fans. They got the service to watch the shows. Right. Uh, which don't take a whole lot of, you know, immersion in the, the mythos. You know, you don't have to be Grant Morrison to watch the Doom Patrol show or Titans or anything like that. But and this is something that would be unfamiliar to a lot of viewers and i think that's a good assumption to make that it's an unfamiliar thing so you ground it in something that is kind of familiar and and also kind of goofy yeah because because you know john hughes movies are not like the height of drama (laughs) yeah they are that's all they are is drama Oh, you mean like quality drama? Well, I mean, I mean drama in the in the academic sense. I yes, suppose. There's, there's not a lot of tragedy, right? But you know, nothing we do has a whole lot of tragedy in it, too. Either we go straight for Warren Ellis. All right, so that does it. If you do have DC Universe, uh, go ahead and check it out. Uh, if you've never seen AP before, check out our APs. Uh, or, or don't, or don't. Um, there's literally it, it is so big now that it seems like almost everybody has an AP podcast now. Yes, we're so, no longer unique. Well, I, I don't even think we were really that unique when we started. <laughs> that's probably true as well. And that's the main thing about AP is it's just folks having a good time playing a game. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody to play with, live vicariously through an, an actual play group and check out DC Universe All-Star Games on DC Universe. And while you're at it, keep 30 luck points. That's right. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>